1: And I'm your host, Ron Schmelzer. And thank you again, everybody, for listening to us and providing your feedback on our AI Today podcast. We are heading towards 400 episodes pretty soon. I mean, we got a few more dozen to go, but we are well on our way. We are uh, in our fifth season, soon to be our sixth season. And September is when we sort of celebrate our little anniversary. it's gonna be hard to believe we've been podcasting now for six years. It's crazy. And you know what? We've never—not only one—have we never run out of things to say. Like the pile of new things to say seems to keep growing. So while I know we've been on a little bit of a AI glossary series kick, we've also introduced some of our trustworthy AI topics in here, and we're going to have—we have a new one as well: our generative AI series. Because so many people are listening to our podcast for the first time because they're coming at it from this total new experience of generating stuff with AI without having any data science background, any project, no technical background, not a programmer. And I think it's given a little bit of a, well, third, fourth, fifth wind, I don't know how many winds AI has, but uh, it's re-injected energy into AI. So I want you to all stay tuned with us Um, because we have so much great content. And of course, we also connect you with some real world people who are doing some real world things with
0: AI. And if you've listened to our podcast, you know that we talk a lot about CPM AI, the Cognitive Project Management for AI. And if you're not familiar with that, we'll link to it in the show notes so you can learn more. But it's always wonderful to get to talk to folks that are CPMAI certified and talk to folks in that community. We're excited to have with us today, Chuck Labar, who is the Chief Information Officer at ENI and is certified, CPM AI certified in AI and ML project management methodology. So welcome, Chuck, and thanks so much for joining us.
2: Well, thank you. Thank you for letting me be here. <laughs>
0: We'd like to start by having you introduce yourself to our listeners and tell them about your background and your current role.
2: Sure. Uh, my name is Chuck LeBar. As, as previously described. <laughs> I have a long career in overseeing and managing network infrastructure builds, building software front ends and back ends. Um, I started my career as a both a network developer or designer and a developer, and um, now I'm Currently, the chief information officer at Employee Network Inc. and I, as 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 you um, suggested, uh, this is where we build uh, we build services that help the employees of our client companies uh, to improve their well being and be more productive at work. Really, we build everything from employee assistance programs to health advocacy services, virtual concierge, wellness. You know, all that sort of in that sort of space. Um, uh, really uh, where we're, we've turned our attention to is really helping to create a more personalized mental health and well-being solution. Uh, I'm fortunate to work with a very talented uh, team that is very experienced. Uh, we have, uh, let's see, we have mobile app developers, uh, web, developer, web developers, data base engineers, data analysts, systems engineers, you name it. We have a really cool team and um, most have between five to ten years of experience working on our team, which is is very helpful. It's rare in our as in this field, as you can imagine. Um, we, as recently as uh, October of 2022, launched a new virtual mental health application that uh, really is aimed at helping users to you know first they identify the issue that they have in their lives. It can be you know, any one of a number of things, um, like anxiety, depression, debt management, budgeting, uh, gosh, uh, I don't know if I said parenting, but there's <laughs> there's hundreds of them. And uh, once selected, they give us a little bit of information and we craft a personalized solution for them. We call it a solution path. path. Uh, this um, This service is also backed by certified life coaches. Um, One cool thing about our app is you can choose your own coach through specialties and other sorts of, uh, you know, there's a little questionnaire. It's very short, it's very easy, but it helps you to choose the right coach for you. You can choose your own appointment time and you can attend the app or attend the the, uh, session right through the app.
1: So that's a little bit about kind of where I'm at. Yeah, that's really interesting because it ties together a lot of the themes that we talk about here on AI Data Today, uh, our AI Today podcast and our AI and Data Today website, a lot of the ideas of, of course the conversational stuff the natural language processing also building that profile of the each individual the personalized medicine the personalized healthcare we talk about a lot one of the goals cuz you don't want you don't want to treat people in generic buckets you really want to address everybody's unique concerns and of course we talk, think about predictive analytics pattern and anomaly detectors, a lot of things you talk about in there. We're really thrilled that you've been able to leverage a lot of what you learned and the, your experiences from the CPU AI methodology, which of course builds on top of, well, a lot of both project successes and project failures, right? You learn maybe more from the failures than you do from the successes. So maybe, maybe talk. let's talk a little bit about that. And let's talk a little about some of those challenges because in, in uh what you have talked about here I'm sure it hasn't all been smooth sailing so maybe you could tell us a little bit about some of the challenges that you have run into managing some of these data and advanced analytics and AI projects and some some insights you can share with our audience sure I'd be happy to um
2: and that's a that's a pretty large question you know managing data there's so much with data there's so many aspects to to really handling it. You know, you have your data privacy, data security, data availability, um, it goes on and on. I'd say one of the uh, major challenges in in managing data is really the um, the integration of data from multiple sources. So you have, you know, you have database back ends, you have data that comes in through API, you have data that's collected from users, directly from the users that you have to react to. and and integrate and then you have data feeds uh, so building a an elegant solution with less breakpoints is uh is quite is usually quite the challenge honestly and it's uh it's something that um you know i steve jobs said it once he said uh, building something simple is harder and it's it's not any truer when you're trying to build um you know a a solution that's simple where you're you're integrating so many different data sources but i think doing that effectively creating less breakpoints and 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 making sure that um, that the data for something like a personalized mental health and well-being solution is available to members when they need it i mean our our members are they face many difficulties i mentioned a few um but there's challenges around nutrition, exercise, handling different disorders. Uh, uh, all of these things are really crucial, and getting that help and that data and that information that they need when they need it is is uh, is, uh, is is very important. Uh, let's see. You asked about the uh, analytics. Yeah. So analytics takes on a whole different um, realm. Uh, it's still important. Data is important, obviously, in data analytics. But I'd say communication of analytics requirements becomes an important part of that. And how do you communicate? If you're say you're a data scientist and you have an idea, there's something you want to test or look into or you have or you, uh, you have a stakeholder that wants to, you know, they really want to stay on top of a key a key uh, process indicator or so, um, something like that, how, how can you take it from there what they need? all the way through the development cycle to the right data to then create visuals for that. So, uh, you know, Kinlan's law law says, you know, basically if you can write down a problem, it's already half solved. So, you know, you take that one step further. If you can write down the problem, it's half solved. But then if you can put a visual to it, um, even if it's a mock-up, something drawn in, I don't know, there's a tool we use called Snagit, which is kind of, a lot of us are (laughs) skilled in that. Um, I think we—it's yeah. Everyone at our company, essentially in my team, uses it. But yeah, you draw it out. You say this is what I had in mind. This is my idea, and you use that as the bl- blueprint to drive the communication. To ask questions, and you know, share it in your your teams, your your meetings. Um, so we found that to be very effective. And then we can uh, once we get the data in, a, like say a Power BI or something, where we're looking at it. Uh, we can compare. Is this what we meant? Did we hit the mark? Did we miss the mark? So, you know, that's one thing around managing um, analytics. I think when you get to AI projects, wow. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of the same challenges that you have with analytics, but um, as you pointed out in the CPM AI course, there's, um, there's so many more elements that you have to consider. Like, uh, you know, one of the first things I remember in the CPM AI is we you considered uh, the difference in, you know, a probabilistic outcome versus a deterministic. And that is is something that's hit pretty hard, which is very interesting to me. OK, so AI projects are completely, you know, there's a different sort of goal here, which makes complete sense. You know, I had worked, you know, quite a bit in predictive analytics with, you know, things like Azure Cognitive Services but understanding that, hey, you know what? The goal here is a certain percentage of correctness. It's not really linear or it's not really uh, binary. It's either good or bad. It could be, you know, maybe we're working on a different sort of outcome. So a challenge there is really kind of setting the, uh, setting realistic expectations with stakeholders. They might not be part of the AI ecosystem. So um, that can be a challenge. Uh, And then, I think the sourcing and prepping of data, making sure that your data is is good for training a model. Uh, you you could have issues with you know do we have the right data? I know this is also covered in CPMAI, not to help you <laughs> promote here, but um, the uh, the idea of identifying the data you have, your data understanding, and then prepping that data and making sure it's you know that you have what you need. If you don't have it, can you acquire it? Do you have to, you know, create it? You have to create some synthetic data to test the model. Uh, so that's all, all parts of AI projects that can be a bit of a, a challenge. Um, I would say the most important aspect might be sourcing and evaluating the right talent. Um, you know, you have to the the pool of true, truly experienced AI developers is is limited. And when you're sourcing that correct talent to help your project be successful i think um you know finding somebody that's staying up on the latest trends and they have the experience you need for that project or they've done it before in some aspect uh i think that's really uh, important you know leaving your egos at the door be at the door being able to share ideas and communicate all not easy so uh yeah i'd say those are some of the challenges you face when you're building AI projects.
0: Yeah, that's great. And I'm sure our listeners, if they've been doing this too, they're shaking their heads, going, Yes, <laughs> we've had those issues, at least some of them. <laughs> and what's so great about CPM AI is it does you know, help provide that lexicon and that knowledge and understanding and legitimacy that you need in order to not only understand how AI projects are different, but also how to talk to different groups and different teams at your organization. Uh, You know, sometimes we, we talk to people and they say, well, we'd really like to get data from this, you know, different team, but it seems that we're not talking the same language. Like whatever it is that we're asking for, they're just not getting. And I don't know how to say it differently. And that can cause major issues, right? Because if we don't talk about data understanding and where the sources of data are coming from, do we have access to that data? How are we going to use that data? That can stall AI projects and make it almost impossible to run if you're not able to get that information. So it really is important to talk about this. As far as CPM AI methodology goes, how has that helped you better manage and run data and AI projects and talk to both those business and technical teams, maybe either internally or externally as well?
2: That's a, that's a good question. I think you could probably do a show on this on that question. Um, <laughs> so I would look at it this way. Um, our software development is is Scrum oriented, Agile Scrum. So we're used to iterative, iterative development, running sprints, you know, sprint review, identifying what items will be selected for the next sprint. Everything is linear. It's you take something from um, a stakeholder idea or just a, an idea, you scope it, you you know, you you build it, you test it, you deploy it. It's all linear. It's all ahead, it's all moving ahead. So I found it really helpful in the CPMAI methodology to understand that not only is it similar to Scrum development, but it's also, you know, with just a few fine-tuning adjustments, uh, you know, you can make the CPMAI methodology fit Scrum. You have to. Uh, it was it was clear to me after the training how to do this and. I took this in the real world and I made a few adjustments on my team and and really our outlook, working with stakeholders, uh, just kind of setting the right expectations. Uh, I found that we were able to make a few adjustments, make our projects, projects more data centric, Uh, understanding that we're going from, uh, you know, the first of the business understanding. Wow, that's exactly where you should start uh, every project. What is it? What is your goal? What are you looking to do here? Is it an AI project? The the go no go uh, points. Uh, those were perfect when I started the training. I thought this is exactly what, what, what you. What, it makes so much sense, right? Um. So that said, yeah, So you know, then you can move to business understanding. Um, I talk business understanding, data understanding, data preparation, model deployment, model evaluation, model operationalization. Each one of those steps, there's there's iteration, but you can jump back if you understand that you're at in model um, a deployment or model evaluation. You need to move back a step or two or go back to data prep. Maybe the data is not well, not not right, and you have to adjust that data a little bit or create it a little differently. Like I'm going through that now with one of the projects I'm working in and. We're adjusting our synthetic data, and we're testing and evaluating, and moving around, and creating a whole loop that we needed. Uh, which it's a uh, you know it's directly because of the training through CPM AI, um, which is hard to say by the way if you just CPM. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so, and I think I think since AI projects are data centric, um, the focus really isn't on building an application; it's on it's on, you know, those iterations. Uh, But I found that some of the concepts around what you're trying to, to do around a model scaffolding, even that word model scaffolding, that's exactly what we're doing uh, with our development. So whether it's model scaffolding around supporting the testing process, or it's model scaffolding around how are we going to, you know, involve the artificial intelligence and interact with a user and provide the right personalized solution. Uh, I found uh, I found the, that very helpful through the CPM AI methodology. Um, I believe it provided a real broad understanding of the types of AI, the seven patterns uh, you know, I found that, wow, yeah, you can combine a couple of them. That's kind of what we're doing. hyper-personalization and you know, um the uh, natural language processing, conversational AI. those pieces are all sorts of built in, you know pieces of products that we're working on and looking at.. Um, and then, you know, to understand, uh, it it helped when you're learning new things out in the in the world in the world. Like when you're looking at staying up on with podcasts or reading articles and different sorts of contents you're absorbing, just to understand. Well, hey, listen, that's that's a type of AI. That's a type of pattern. And, you know, I, I just think there's a lot of a uh, rounded, well-rounded training that's been it's been quite helpful. I think uh, you know I added the uh, data data science aspect the data science to the um, training and I found uh, the um, I found that actually is probably one of my favorite modules because wow, nice, nice. Um, uh, you know it's right in it's right up my alley it's where I've been been living for a few years and are um, work, working in for a few years and I found that uh, you know understanding the roles. You know, some of my expectations I've had on my data analysts or data engineers, like, like that's too much. I should I shouldn't be asking them to do that. Like they should be working on prepping and and moving, which they're good at. But just because they're they're not data analysts, you know, why am I asking them to do that? So there's there's kind of like setting the roles and expectations and understanding how they cross cross over. I thought that was handled very well in the in the in the course. So. There's others, other items, but that's that's a few of them.
1: Yeah, well, that, that's great insight. And I think to a certain extent, that is part of what you try to do to achieve a project success is everybody's working together on a team, right? And when we're doing some of these projects, necessarily, you have to get different people involved and... With AI, you have to actually get more people involved than maybe a maybe a maybe a narrower analytics project that could probably fit on a laptop, or maybe mm-hmm. you did it for a dashboard for a portal somewhere. Because we're dealing with things like data security, data privacy. We have to do data preparation and cleaning. We got to do some engineering. We got to move the data around. We have the model, we got to train it. We have to do the model management. <laughs> and it it can seem overwhelming. And I think. When, when you kind of don't know what's going on, it probably is overwhelming. And I think that's always the biggest surprise for us. We're like, there is a process, there is a method for do this. Don't just randomly like, oh, we got to manage this model now, it's out there. I didn't think about that. Now you go do research on MLOps and meanwhile, that's not tied into the rest of the process and you may already be too, too late. You may have already built something and all of, and you don't have a budget for managing your model. Well, that was a big oversight you know things like that you know we tell people you know uh, you know the the whole idea of process and methodology and things like that is really just to m- maximize your chances of success right you you can't guarantee things will always be successful but what you want to do is maximize your chances and that's that's the side that we're on we we we've seen these waves of ai come and go mm-hmm. and we're here in this in this third big wave of ai and honestly, for a little while, it was seeming like people were starting to realize the problems with AI and maybe even uh, give up a little bit, uh, but then coming out of, well, it didn't really come out of nowhere, but for the before the rest of the world, it sort of just came out of the, uh, the, the basements of AI came generative models and people started to see again, uh, sort of like the promise of what is possible. In this one particular narrow application of AI. We haven't seen that same sort of success with say autonomous vehicles and other applications of AI that we thought were gonna be sort of the the driver. <laughs> but yeah. this is but it's interesting that this has gotten people thinking about like, oh, I can I can do this stuff. And now now that the energy is back. So we tell all of our listeners that yes, you can be successful, maximize your chances of success, and of course, follow a pattern, follow a process that's out there. You can follow any process. Of course, we are champions of CPM AI. But what's surprising to us the most is when we talk to leaders of their data teams and CDOs and CIOs who say they have no process at all, and they try to buy their way to AI, or they're doing an AI project, or it's an experiment. And I'm like, well, these are all guaranteed to fail. So maybe... (laughs) <laughs> From that perspective, you know, maybe maybe you could share with some of our listeners, you know, some of your sort of insights. You know, maybe some advice that you might have uh, for others that, as they run their data analytics and AI projects. And by the way, for our listeners. If the CPMI stuff we're talking about is gobbledygook and, as mentioned, is a little hard to pronounce the acronym sometime, you're not <laughs> quite sure what it is, we do have a free intro to CPMI course. So if you go to a- aitoday.live slash intro, we have like a one hour or two hour that kind of just goes over what CPMI is at high level, talks about the reasons for project failure, connects these two points together. Um, go ahead, take it. We, we, I think, several hundreds, maybe actually now getting to the low thousands of you have actually gone through it. So really appreciate that. But, but uh, from your perspective, may, maybe some advice or some insights, lessons learned that you have. I know you've already shared some of them, but perhaps some, some, some. What, what would you tell people who are embarking on these projects? Um, That's such a good that, question. And, and actually, I correct myself on that that URL. I think it's aitoday.live/cpmai. So. If you type slash intro, you might go somewhere else.
2: Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I think that's an excellent question. But you know, just to kind of uh, connect with um, with CPM AI a little bit about you know how has it helped, and you know what what are what is my advice? Um, really, the the lexicon, the full lexicon of AI and the history of AI are all included in the course. Um, the there's forty modules. <laughs> So it may seem a little daunting at first, but uh, really you end up with a lot of information, a lot of industry terms, a lot of connection to things like, you know, a confusion confusion matrix or receiver operating characteristics or AUC curves or hyperparameter t- t- um, t- tuning, overfitting, underfitting, bias and results, ensemble methods. There's so much. There's, uh, you know, it covers um, supervised and unsupervised learning, autonomous, um, uh, you know, just everything. There's, There's so many different distinct modules, applications of AI, robotic process automation, managing data for AI. It gives you a real nice foundation for learning more. I think right now with this explosion in, in this industry, it's important for folks, especially in my position and, and you know, in related positions, to, to look look for more knowledge, seek more knowledge. What's happening every single day? How can you help pivot your company? So I think with this knowledge, I've already given some advice to a few folks to on CPMAI AI that are we're interested. And I think it's going to if they if they did proceed and they move ahead with it, I think it will give them the background they need so that they can learn more. So that's kind of um, you want some advice. That's that's the best advice I can give. Stay on top of the industry, read, uh, read articles, uh, listen to podcasts. stay on top of what are the the big companies doing what are the breakthroughs every day every week there's breakthroughs it's it's just a it's a fun time to be in uh, in technology and and ai especially um so uh that's that's one aspect um let me think here yeah i think just uh you know it's important for all of us to look to build ethical ai transparent and explainable ai it's covered in the courses but you know really you have to you have to be thinking of that and considering that from the get-go. You're going to have to answer for how how did the how did your artificial intelligence what did it what did it provide what's the answers it's providing how did it get those answers how can you improve your model right you have to have that all all traceable all uh, all ethical all all you know considerate so um, you know even the big companies are, are they're doing that like um, I saw that Google and uh, anthropic microsoft open ai they uh, they have the new frontier forum that they're starting which is their commitment to uh to doing things right doing things ethically with you know keeping humans involved and uh that's all that's all a step in the right direction but as anyone who's in who's who's developing ai or starting ai projects that's important so
0: just keeping that in the forefront yeah, we think that's so important too. I mean, you know, that <laughs> you had so many great nuggets in that uh, response of yours. And also, we think that trustworthy AI is incredibly important. So, as Ronan mentioned earlier, we do have a podcast series that we are in the middle of right now, our trustworthy AI series, because it is so important. And we've worked with organizations, a lot of large organizations, but some, you know, medium sized ones as well, to help build out their AI trustworthy uh, you know, framework. We do that in a in a workshop. It's an in-person workshop that we come on board over the course of three days. We'll work with them. And so if our listeners are interested, you can go to cognolytica.com slash trustworthy. That's C-O-G-N-I-L-Y-T-I-C-A.com slash trustworthy. Because you're right, this is... These are conversations that need to be had. Not everybody's having. Takes a lot of effort and, you know, and real effort. Like you have to bring together different teams and a lot of different perspectives. And sometimes that can be overwhelming for organizations. So we say, we'll break this down. We also have our Trustworthy AI Framework, and I can link to that as well if listeners are interested in checking that out. Uh, But this has been such a wonderful podcast. We always love to have interviews. We love to talk to folks that are CPM AI certified and see how they're doing it in the real world. You know, because it's one thing for us. Uh, You know, to go through the course, but it's another thing to actually hear from folks. So, this has been so wonderful. We always like to wrap up our podcasts with the same question because no matter how many times we ask it, we always get such unique and varied responses because you're able to bring in your own background and perspectives. And uh, some people get very philosophical, some people, you know, answer it in a very practical way, things they'd like to see. So, as a final note, what do you believe the future of AI is in general and its application to organizations and beyond?
2: Wow, that's a big question. Um, there's so many ways to answer that, even for myself. I think if you ask me tomorrow, I'll have a different answer. But uh, let's see. Um, well, there's an interesting uh, new um, forecast from this company called UBS Wealth Management, a Swiss, 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 Swiss company. Uh, they increased their forecast of AI annual growth, their compound annual compound annual growth rate Estimate from 20% annually to 61% over the next, well, between 2022 and 2027. That's an increase in spending of 28 billion to 300 billion by 2027. That's exponential investment in this area, this field. That means a lot of things. That means that there's going to be a uh, continued expansion of ai tools and capabilities and we you know we need to kind of stay on that on that on that wave you know um i believe the augmented worker is here to stay and i know that there's this uh kind of um this this idea out there that ai will take your job or it may take your job or take jobs it isn't really that the ai that's going to do that it's the it's the augmented worker if you're not engaged in AI and looking for ways to do your job better, you might not be as productive as the next person who is doing that. So I believe that the augmented worker is here to stay. And um, I think that companies should be you know, investing in their, uh, the training for workers in, in that capacity. Um, another stat that I saw recently was only 17% of Americans have have accessed ChatGPT, which, you know, in the industry, it's like, really? It doesn't, This seems kind of low. But uh, I think in the next few month, months with uh, Google and Microsoft announcing co-pilots, uh, I believe that, you know, this will change our workplace. Being able to put in, type up an outline and have a PowerPoint created for you immediately. Creating correspondence that includes interesting stats. Um, or let's say it's a proposal for sales. Um, I think uh, there's there's gonna be a real expansion on the use of these co-pilot. co-pilots. are everywhere. Programmers have to use them. Um, I uh, I think there's been some real interesting developments lately, Llama 2, which which was just, uh, this came out a couple of weeks ago, is completely open source. Well, completely, until you get 700 million subscribers, I think it is. <laughs> so I think most of us have a ways to go for that. Uh, but, uh, you know, I've played around with that and it's, it's pretty, pretty amazing. It's, it, it's excellent. Uh, so I think that because it's open source I, and it's free, you're going to see companies, little companies that build beautiful products using large language models like Llama 2. Um, I see companies continuing to build and com- and combine AI tools, but Bo- I'm going to call them. This is my own. I looked for the term. It's not out there. So you guys are getting it for the first All time. All right. Ooh, fresh. It's a boutique LLMs. I've noticed that LLMs are being crafted to have specialties. If you look at Claude 2, Claude 2, you can upload a book. You can upload the great Gatsby to Claude 2 and ask questions about it. That's a uniqueness, right? It can take 100,000 tokens. Um, then you have, you know, LLMs like MedPalm2 from Google, which is specialties, They can it can analyze x-rays. Uh, you're gonna find that AIs are gonna have, LLMs will have their little neat niches and the tools that you can build where you can combine these LLMs to make an, a super product. I think that's gonna be uh, something that it, uh, to look for um and you know i just uh it's an exciting time uh, it, it, but yeah again back to uh, my closing piece is uh if you're building ai build it ethically um build it transparent build it explainable and and i think if we all do that i think we're going to be okay um so yeah and you know if you guys uh want to sell your Uh, The course to the government so they can train all of those folks and they can make the right decisions. That would be excellent. Great idea for marketing, I think.
1: Well, certainly. Actually, matter of fact, we're we're fortunate that we do have a lot of government folks that have gone through a uh, CPMI. And if you see some of the logos okay. on the uh, site, you'll you may recognize not only a lot of U.S. government institutions, state and local as well, but foreign ones. And it's actually quite intriguing for us. I have to say, I'm going to give a shout out to our Australians out there because something's going on in Australia. You guys are on the ball. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of of, in, of investment, um, not only in AI, because that, that investment's happening worldwide, but in Australia, there's a there's a big push towards doing AI the right way. We have a lot of CPMI certified in Australia. Maybe one day, we'll maybe soon, we'll be heading on over there. We'll do a little live appearance. We, everything is online these days, but you never know. Maybe on the trustworthy AI workshop side, or maybe the an in-person CPMI workshop, condense it all into five days, which you can certainly do. The self-paced online CPMI course for those who are interested, something like 36 hours now, there'll be a version seven coming out soon, but it's basically just continues with the existing one. So if you're interested now, by all means, just register for it. That's more self-paced. We have up to six months to do that. So it's very doable, an hour or two a day. If you want to do that, maybe spread it out over the week for those of you who are working two, three, four jobs, whatever the reality of your situation is. Uh, get yourself ahead, as <laughs> we say. We hear a lot of people doing CPMAI either to enhance their credibility within their own organization. It's a great use. Uh, not only do you get the training, and but you get the certification. And we are hopeful that you know more and more employers will come to, maybe one day require CPMAI if you're going to be doing an AI project. Or greatly encourage it. And that'll be a little boom stamp that you have to say that not only can you do AI from a technical perspective, but you know how to run AI projects with a high rate of success. So, employers, get on it, start requiring it, especially if you want to um, guarantee success. And then the second thing I have to say is a lot of folks are really interested not only in that knowledge, that level setting. But, um there's there's to your point, and I love the term that you talked about, these boutique LLMs. Uh, maybe one day we'll have a CPMAI LLM, and you could talk to it while you're in the course, or maybe just in general, afterwards, we have a little CPM it's like,, oh, I'm here in data understanding. and I'm trying to get an understanding as to, you know, can I is there a pre-trained model out there that already does an LLM out there that already does uh, something? Maybe exactly. kind of extend it, and yep. they could be like, "Yeah, as a matter of fact." Because every single uh, we we're actually as mentioned, as I mentioned, we're sort of adding, enhancing this course, and we're adding a lot of the generative AI stuff to it. And mm-hmm. um, I went out there recently just to look at what models are out there, and there's a ton. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's like a lot yeah, of, it's... I'm like, "Woo, exciting, isn't it?" Yeah, it's a, it's an exciting time. It
2: really is.
0: Yeah, see? yeah, we agree. <laughs> I know, Sorry. I was saying hyper-personalized education.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's going to, uh, the, the education will be built for you and it will change based on what you know and uh, adaptive learning, right? We're all looking for that. And, uh, you know, I think our educational system will change. You know, you look at uh, just all the, all the different generative pieces are just amazing. Like text to video, what?
0: I I know, I know. it, it as You had mentioned it is a really exciting time. And just to kind of continue to see what happens, how this continues to evolve, how people continue to use it, some, some ways you never expected. It. it just, you know, it continues to delightfully surprise us sometimes as well. So Chuck, we want to thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. We had such a wonderful discussion and I know that our listeners will enjoy this as well.
2: Awesome. Thank you for having me.
0: Listeners, if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, please make sure to rate us on iTunes, Google, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. And also make sure to subscribe if you haven't done so already. We have a lot of great podcasts coming up, and so you'll get notified when all of them are released. And if you are interested in learning about the CPMAI methodology or our free intro to CPMAI course, we'll link to both of those in the show notes, as well as our trustworthy AI workshop that we are offering. Like this episode and want to hear more? With hundreds of episodes and over 3 million downloads, check out more AI Today podcasts at aitoday.live. Make sure to subscribe to AI Today if you haven't already on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Amazon, or your favorite podcast platform. Want to dive deeper and get resources to drive your AI efforts further? We've put together a carefully curated collection of resources and tools, handcrafted for you, our listeners. To expand your knowledge, dive deeper into the world of AI, and provide you with the essential resources you need, check it out at ai list. This sound recording and its contents are copyright by cognolytica All rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast.